This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. I'm Tom Ruich, and today's episode is called How to Promote Your Business with Virtual Events. My guest today is Steve Erickson, the founder of Event Raptor. Event Raptor is a platform designed to help you manage virtual events. Steve is an tech integration specialist and automations nerd. In his previous role as the chief technology officer for Mary Morrissey, an eight-figure life coach certification organization, he was responsible for all the tech that went into their events with thousands of attendees. When Steve hosted a summit of his own coaching business, he couldn't find a good system to help him run the event. So he took his technical background in the event space, along with his real world experience as an event host and created Event Raptor, a system that makes virtual event management easy. Event Raptor also runs a directory that helps business people land more speaking opportunities by connecting them with event organizers. Steve has run four summits on his own, as well as helped a number of clients with summits and virtual events, and has seen how powerful a virtual event is to drive new prospects and create new customers and clients. Steve Erickson, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Hi there, Tom. It's an absolute delight to be here. Happy to have you here. And so, summits, virtual summits. What is a virtual summit? Excellent question. So, virtual summit is really when you have um, a topic or a theme that you want to uh, to have people coming in and talking about. It's like a conference, but it's slightly different from a conference where you're expecting to go and mingle with a lot of people and having a lot of deep discussions. A summit is more you coming in and you're listening to the speakers on the stage. And virtual, of course. It means that it's happening via Zoom or online. It can be pre-recorded, it can be recorded. So really the host will have subject matter experts coming in and talking about the different topics of interest to the audience. Yep, yep. And and who is best suited? Who's the ideal? What's the ideal business profile for someone who might benefit from hosting a virtual summit? Listen, I think really anybody who is wanting to build their authority and build their expertise um, or rather demonstrate their expertise um, should be considering doing a summit. And this can be anything from big corporations to a coach who's literally just starting out. And it could be somebody who's not even having a product of their own yet. The virtual summit can be the product on its own. So even if you don't have anything, even if you're an affiliate marketer, you can actually run a summit. Yeah, and I loved what you said before. This is really getting to the heart of why you want to do it. Build your authority, establish your expertise in the space. Even if the guests you invite 
are more established, have bigger lists, have greater followings than you have, you as the summit organizer are the one who's positioned with great authority and you're the leader. Could you elaborate a little bit about why summits are so powerful for authority building? Absolutely. So one of the established psychological principles are that when you associate with powerful people, then when people are looking at you, you are with the powerful people. It means that you must be powerful too. If they have authority, you must have authority. It's literally transfer of authority from them to you. So when you're just starting out and you don't have that authority and you want to start building it, being on stages with people who have more authority than you is absolutely fabulous. People then start noticing you like, wow, you're able to be up there with that authority. You know, they start looking up to you and you're building that um, over time. And as you're doing more and more summits, you can hear how the, the audience is reacting to you is changing over time and you being seen as being an expert in your field. Um, just by associating with people who have that authority and have that expertise. It's a fantastic concept, really. Yeah. So how, if I'm contemplating having a summit, how do I find the right people to join me on stage, especially if those people are more established than I am and, and have greater authority? How do I round people up to, uh, to be guests on my summit? Well, the way I'd like to do it is to say, okay, first of all, you've got to establish who do you want to have as attendees in the summit? What is their profile? Um, really, you want to fill your summit with attendees that you can sell to later. They need to be your target audience. If you're a chiropractor, there's absolutely no point in having somebody who's doing yoga in the audience because their body is probably very supple and don't need a chiropractic <laughs> treatment. You know, you want to fill the, the room with people who have back problems and who have bone problems who need to have that kind of treatment. So first of all, you establish what is the audience. And then you can literally go out using LinkedIn, using Facebook. And we have a directory with over a thousand speakers. You can go to the directory and look people up and say, if you have this particular audience, then really you want to come and speak to them because these, these are people who might be buying from you. Like when we had the second summit, um, we had a lady who came on and, and spoke for 45 minutes and she had around 20 people in the room. Eight people booked a strategy session with her where she was able to speak to them for, for an hour and two of them bought a high-end program. Yeah. Two out of eight, two, 10 pe 10 of the people in the room that was worth thousands of dollars. Yep. And we they, even got an affiliate commission of several hundred dollars. Yeah, that is so powerful what you just said. And what we're talking about now is not just the power of hosting a summit, but the power of being a speaker on a summit. And when you are a speaker on a summit and you put 20 people in a room, 30 people in a room, whatever it might be, those people have chosen to show up because they want to hear you. They saw who you are, what the description is of your topic, and they chose to be in the room with you. So when your call to action at the end is schedule a meeting with me or, or whatever the call to action might be, those are highly, highly qualified prospects. And it's no great surprise to me that, that she got a handful of meetings and that she converted at a really really great rate. I am glad that you brought that up because I have not yet hosted my own summit. I'm contemplating it. I've talked to you and to your wife, Jenny, about Event Raptor and, and using it when I do host my summit. 
but I have been a guest, a speaker on multiple summits, and I've had the experience that you describe. I meet new people. I'm exposed to a broader audience. I get meetings out of it. They, uh, they buy. And so talk a little bit about the business of finding your way onto stages using summits, including using the directory that you have built into Event Raptor. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with the directory. So we have a directory of over a thousand people who would like to speak at summits, podcasts, Facebook lives, etc. So one of the things you can do is just register yourself in the directory. And then what's important is really to explain to hosts why the host would want to have you. So let, let's um, let's deconstruct this a little bit. A host is running the summit because they want to have people in the room. They want to build their list. They want to make sales. They want to build their authority. So if you are somebody who are going to speak at the summit, but you're not really offering any benefit to the host and helping them achieve their goals, they, the summit host will probably choose somebody else instead. So what's important is that you can say to the host, first of all, I'm going to help you put people in the room. And to me, it's um, so you have to when, when you're doing a conference, that's really from the difference between a summit and conference. When you're doing a conference, you will have keynote speakers and the conference organizers will pay sometimes to have speakers on the stage. And they will charge $100, $200, $300 for people to right. be in the room or even more. I've been to conferences where we paid over $500 to attend. A virtual summit is normally free of charge for attendees, which means that the host doesn't have a marketing budget, right? So they're dependent on free marketing to be able to fill the room. So one of the agreements really is you as a speaker will be and come to the summit and speak and be in front of the, your ideal target audience. But the quid pro quo is that you promote it to your audience and help bring your audience into the summit. That all the speakers can benefit from that. So first of all, go out and demonstrate that, hey, if you're new, are you able to go out and just promote on places like LinkedIn? For instance, my wife, you mentioned uh, my wife, Jenny, she doesn't have a list of her own and she promoted a summit and she got 29 people to sign up for the summit just by going out on LinkedIn and contacting people saying, hey, there's a great summit. Would you be interested? Here's the link. 29 people. You know, So show that you are willing to promote the summit. Show yeah. to the host why the audience will love your talk. For me, when I have somebody speaking, it's like, okay, bring me 100 people, but having a poor talk, I'd rather not have you. You know, I, I, would, I want a good talk, and I would rather have 20 or 30 people coming from you because yep. my reputation is going to be built based on the quality of the speakers. Yep. So you need to be able to demonstrate that as well. Yeah, and you need to be able to, uh, to sell yourself to the summit speaker. So you need to be able to explain here is, here is, I have a mailing list or I'm active on LinkedIn. Here is how I will promote the summit or, and, and if you have track record, share the track record. If you've been on a summit before and done well for the summit host, get a testimonial from the summit host and share all that. Sell yourself, have a, have a document that you can send to a prospective summit uh, yeah. summit host or have a profile in a directory like the one on Event Raptor. So the, the way this often works, as you described, is 
a summit host will round up a bunch of guests. They'll have an agreement about promoting. And oftentimes, the summit host, if they're doing their job well, will provide example marketing materials. Here's an email that you can send a week in advance of the event. Here's an email that you can send a day in advance of the event. Here's some social posts. They provide marketing collateral to make it as easy as possible for the the guests. Then the guests have a choice. Take that material and send it out exactly as the host drafted it. Cut, paste, send, or take it, edit it, and put it out in their own voice so it's authentic. Hey, I'm Tom. I'm on the summit. And you you take the key talking points from the pre-written copy. So about a week ago, I received an email for a summit, and it was a lovely email promoting the summit. And I thought, this sounds great. Five minutes later, I'm I'm spending some time going through the promotions tab on my Gmail. About five minutes later, I come across an email verbatim, the same exact message. And I thought, you know, deja vu. I I actually looked to see, is this the same person? Did he send me two emails accidentally, you know, for the same summit? No, different sender, same email. Four times, four different people cut and paste the exact same email for the exact same summit. And my reaction was, it kind of sounds like a good summit, but um, these four people a little lazy, you know, what I just, I had a, a slightly sour taste in my mouth. And I'm thinking from my perspective as a storytelling coach and a standout from the crowd coach that, wow, these people have really missed an opportunity to, you know, it, it put themselves out there in a way that makes them stand out. They cut and paste. What's your thought on that story? And what do you recommend when you are a guest on a summit and you have access to all of that marketing collateral? Well, I would say that um, from my perspective, whether I'm a host or a guest, I want you to customize the these emails. You know, you mentioned uh, that experience. Now I've seen when Tony Robbins goes out and promote her and the thousands of people who are promoting the same thing and you're getting literally like tens and hundreds of emails with the exact same contents, like, give me something new. Give me a reason to read your email. Yeah. The, for me, what's missing is that when I write an email, I write it with my personality. And yeah. I have a lot of feedback from people who are saying they like the way I write because I like I write it like I'm a person. Uh, you know, and it's not that cookie cutter. It's not that big sales speak with, uh, that you often get uh, or impersonal. That is often the way things are written. And for me, I, I want people to, even if they're not signing up for the summit, I want them to read the email because they like my tone. And if I start sending out emails with somebody else's tone, it can be well written, but in the way that other people speak and not me then they'll stop reading my emails. Yep. Amen. Amen. And and that's especially important. You know, just over the last several days, there have been articles in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and all the big newspapers about the artificial intelligence mm-hmm. copywriting systems and how great they've become. You know, either they write copy that's more coherent than 95% of the copywriters I know. And yet they can't write like you. They can't 
right in your tone with your experience, with your story. So those compliments that you get, Steve, compliments that I get, I like the way you write. I feel like I know you. Uh, I feel connected to you. Those are critical achievements that you get when you choose to write emails in your own voice, as opposed to cutting and pasting what the summit host gave you, as opposed to hiring some uh, low level, cheap copywriter that you find on Upwork, or as opposed to uh, plugging in one of those AI tools. Sure. They'll, it, it'll sound coherent, but it'll sound like everybody else. And, it will. And, yeah. So let, let me give you a tip about how to use these AI tools. So you have uh, tools yeah. like Jasper and ChatGPT and, and, and these tools. Yeah. I think they're absolutely amazing. And I've actually started using them a lot. But here's how I use them. I will go to, to one of these services and say, okay, I'm going to interview a life coach. What are 10 great questions for a life coach? Yeah. And it will suggest 10 great questions. I'm going, I never thought of that. You know, that's yeah. great questions. I can take the description that somebody has given me of their talk and their bio and put it in. And then I will say, like, so here's the bio of a speaker. Here's the presentation they're doing. What are 10 great questions based on the bio and the presentation? Yeah. And I'm going like, how on earth, you know, there's three lines of a bio and two lines of a presentation. How on earth did you get 10 such fantastic questions from that little information? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love it. And and you know, so for market research, for yeah. seeing what are the connection points between this person and and what this person does and what the the market in the world is thinking about and talking about, that can be a really valuable tool for sure. Yeah. For sure. But what what really is important is that once you put out your message, it's it's you. And that's important, whether you're a summit host, whether you're a summit guest, whether you're not, you're not doing anything about summits. We've kind of gone off into the broad world of <laughs> content marketing here, Steve, but it, it's applicable. Let's get back to marketing your summit. So we've talked about the host and uh, creating all this marketing collateral, making an agreement with all the, all the guests to spread the word and so forth. Sounds like a massive headache to keep track of this and to to manage how do you you know how do you share this collateral how do you uh, define the steps how do you manage the whole process so enter event raptor tell us a little bit more about the platform and specifically what it does both on the the pre-event promotion side as well as actually managing the event on the day or days of the event yeah, absolutely. So I will, I'll talk about the, what it does to manage it on a day-to-day basis first. Mm-hmm. The promotional side of things are actually something we are working on and building out more and more. We have some elements of that, but there's a lot more coming too. So in terms of the management, you know, there is a lot you need to keep track of. You need to keep track of who's applied to speak at your summit. Have you accepted or rejected or declined them? I should say not rejected them because mm-hmm. uh, you don't really reject them. Um, do you, uh, what information do they have available? Have they got all of their, uh, their, their information ready? You know, do they have a, a gift they want to give out? Do you have the title for that gift? Do you have the link for that gift? Do you have the description mm-hmm. of the talk? All of these things. So our system, Eventraptor, is a system to manage all of that for you. So you can easily see what the uh, the speakers have provided so far. And the speaker, instead of filling out like a separate form and you get that in that form and you're going into your own uh, pages and change things and you have 
you know, you have the landing page where information is presented. You have the agenda page where information is presented. You copy and paste in different places and they want to update the picture and you're going, I have that picture in five different places. Our system handles that all. So it makes it much easier. So we have uh, we have hosts who say they used to spend 100, 150 hours on all of the admin of their events. And with our system, they spend less than 10. And honestly, I've run four summits and I have spent less than 10 hours on each of my summits doing all of that management. Mm. It makes that much, much easier. Yeah. And then, yeah. And on the promotional side, um, we are, we are able to keep track of how many people you have promoted, or rather not how many you promoted to, but how many of the people you promoted to clicked on the link and how many of those opted in. So we can give the host as well as the speaker some indication of how well they're performing. And uh, we can combine that also with affiliate tracking. So if you're providing a commission, affiliate commission, and want to track that, um, we can assist with that as well. Um, we're also building in features where if you have certain systems that like will generate a graphic for you automatically, Canva can't do it yet, unfortunately. I don't know why. But systems like Canva where we can send an instruction via the, the web to that system, it will generate your uh, your social media image automatically. It will mm-hmm. put the profile picture in, it will put the name of the talk in, it will put in the time of the talk, and then provide that automatically to the, the speaker so they have it right away. You know, fantastic. You save so much money paying for a graphics designer or the time it takes to get all of this ready. Um, and we're going to be building out a full like uh, event portal in here for uh, for the the speakers as well as the hosts uh, over time. Yeah, I love it. That uh, it, it's so powerful, and it's about time saving. I mean, you talked about this this idea that most summits are not fee for attendance, and really, what you're what you're doing is putting on this event in order to connect, draw in audience, get people to raise their hand, get people to meet with you. And if you're spending a hundred hours to do that, now all of a sudden the calculus of that investment, that risk is significantly different than if your upfront effort is a handful of hours to make that happen. It's such an important thing to automate these processes and to uh, uh, reduce the time that it takes to put all of this on. You mentioned affiliate and tracking. I've been part of summits where there is a a gamification of the process that, that really what's going on is you've got all these expert speakers who come in and it's like a contest who can bring the most people in. And, you know, these are people who have some authority, who have some ego, who have uh, some competitiveness. And so tell us a little bit more about this notion of tracking and the gamification of putting butts in in those virtual seats. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting psychological principles behind the gamification. You know, you have people who can be really successful, who is already making seven figures, and they participate in a contest where there's a, an Amazon voucher for like $100 and they want to win it. Oh, so yeah. they promote, go hard. And if you don't provide that incentive of a $100 Amazon voucher, you know, they're like laid back going, man, not don't really care. Also, yeah. being able to, when you have a certain, several people who are uh, like have authority, they also want to demonstrate to other people and to other hosts that they are big in their space. Yep. So when you take a leader, a leaderboard saying, here's number one, two, and three promoter, 
And they would want to have the number one place, regardless of the price, just to be able to show other people that they are powerhouse. Yep. They are Nafothi, they have following. So it's important to them and to their ego and to, to their ability also to get other speaking engagements by showing that they're number one in the leaderboard. Yep. And um, one of the, the interesting stories I have around that is that there's a, a lady, Anne, I'm not going to give her full name, Anne, she's consistently number one on leaderboards and she has a small list. She beats people who have lists of five to ten times the size of her mm-hmm. because she's built a relationship with that list. And she says that the number of speaking engagements she's got by being number one, people are actually saying, oh, she's number one. We're going to invite her to speak at our summit. Yep. So her opportunities have opened so much by being number one on these leaderboards. Yep. That's really yep. powerful. Steve, you dropped a nugget there. You, you, the story was small list, draws people in gets to number one on the leaderboard. And the phrase you you use is because she has a strong relationship with her list. That is a million dollar concept that, yeah. that size does not matter as much as, or let's just say quantity does not matter as much as quality. You yeah. can have a, a 10,000 person, a 100,000 person list, but if you do not have a strong relationship with the people on the list, that list is much less valuable than the 1,000 person list or even the 100 person list where the people are absolutely connected to you. They trust mm-hmm. you. If you say, here's a summit you ought to attend, they attend. So that circles back to everything we were talking about, about writing in your own voice, using your personality, building the connection with your audience, making a relationship as opposed to being yet another cut and paste marketer who's just uh, going through the motions, you know, um, whether conscious of it or not, I think the consumer, the, the potential attendee, if they get a, a, a flood of cut and paste emails, what the reaction will be is, eh, this is a summit full of people who are going through the motions. I'm yeah. not sure how seriously they're taking it. I'm not sure how, how much value they're intending to bring, as opposed to you get emails from for the same summit for multiple people, all of whom are, are, you know, playing the game, working hard, trying to make sure that, that, that you attend and you can assume then that they're going to bring their a game to the summit as well. When that Mm -hmm. happens, you're more likely to attend and everybody wins, including you, the writer of, of that email. So yeah. I love the gamification. I love the fact that it inspires top people to put forward their A game. And again, in the end, everybody wins the summit host, the people who are speaking, everybody benefits from more people showing up at the summit. It's all it's a it's a great system when it works, but a lot of summits don't work because they're not doing these things that you're you're talking about. Absolutely. And the other thing I would like to just, I think I mentioned it briefly before, if you copy and paste information, if you don't have that relationship with your list, the way people often unsubscribe from your emails is not to click the unsubscribe button, but to hit the spam button. Oh, yeah. 
All right. And if you get um, noticed for spam by your provider and by all of these systems, automated systems out there, suddenly all of your real emails will start going to spam as well. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I actually spoke to somebody literally yesterday. They have a list of 100,000 people that they bought 10 years ago. They, they didn't email it for, for quite a while. And they sent out emails, right? And, and what happened was they inserted it into a, a famous CRM system who basically they sent out one or two campaigns, had no response, nobody responded at all. And the, the uh, CRM system marked them all as unmarketable. Yep. Because nobody clicked, nobody responded. They can't even send out emails to the list anymore. Yeah. Now we're, we could we could have a whole discussion about the whole spam thing and spam trap thing. I ran an email service provider company that I founded back in 2001 before most people had even heard of email marketing. We were doing we were providing software to create, deliver and track email campaigns. And so I know this business and you're spot on, Steve. And what happens, by the way, with old lists, this is important for anyone who is emailing and anybody who's thinking, well, I'm just going to pull my old CRM and see what I get out of it. What's the harm? Well, the harm is that a lot of emails, the, the spam filtering companies, especially the more aggressive one, ones will harvest expired email addresses, including ones for expired domains. So let's imagine that a company rebrands and used to be uh, Acme and Sons, and now they're Acme Widgets. And they let the Acme and Sons domain expire. Some of the spam filter companies will go out and buy the Acme and Sons domain, set up a mail server to receive emails sent to that domain, any address sent to that domain. And the minute they receive an email at that domain, they say, this domain doesn't even exist. This joker is sending emails to this domain. This joker must be a spammer. And, and all you were doing was sending an email to John at acmeandsons.com. You have that email on your list. You were you did business with that guy 10 years ago. Um, and you send an email today and boom, you are punished. You are on every blacklist out there. Your regular emails start having trouble. So a, a really great piece of advice applies to the summit game, applies to email marketing in general. I, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that we do is that we um, we make sure that we never send out emails to people who sign up for summits. So we send them event emails and then we stop. You yeah. know, nothing else. We don't allow you to send out marketing emails to that list later. We don't allow you to really upload any emails into our system. People sign up for for event, they get those emails, and because of that, we maintain a high deliverability for all our emails. Bingo. And and now, as when you have the stage. Asking people permission, may I add you to my email list, enter your email in the chat and I'll add you, or here's a link to sign up for my email list. That's a really effective and, and important yeah. tactic. Get permission and you will grow your list. That's one of the goals of, of being on stage. Grow your list, build your following, connect with people and grow from there. But just because somebody shows up at your event doesn't mean they've given you license to begin to send email after email after email. It's a great point, Steve. Yeah. So 
Any closing thoughts, anything that people ought to know about how to get started with uh, hosting a summit, being a guest on a summit that we haven't touched on? We've covered so much ground. We have. One, one thing that I really like to, uh, to say to people is that if you think that you're too early in your business to consider a summit, mm. I'd say you've never been more wrong in your life. You should be doing a summit. Yeah. So here's, here's what happened with me. This is my story. Um, I, uh, I was working with a big organization or um, bigger organization than me for certain. I started my coaching business and eight weeks into my coaching business, I had my first summit. Mm. Nobody knew who I was. I had a summit with 27 speakers. Wow. 27 speakers. It was a fantastic success. Now, I only made around $4,000 in revenue directly from the summit, which isn't an awful lot of money, but it snowballs. Right? So first of all, people started knowing who I was. They'd heard about the summit. They'd attended the summit. Um, people who attended the summit liked what they had done and talked to other people about it as well. So my reputation started increasing. Um, uh, four people bought a six-week course, which I was able to offer at that stage. I didn't have a group coaching program. But then I created a group coaching program. One of those four people who bought my six-week course upgraded to my group coaching program before I even offered it publicly. And then a few months later, this, uh, this first one was in September of 2020. The next one was in January of 21. I had 37 speakers. For this one, I had speakers who approached me and said, I heard you doing your summit for the second time. Can I be a part of it? So that shows you how your influence and your authority is starting to grow. Yep. The, the attendees from that, I sold 51 um, VIP upgrades at $47. Um, I gave them access to a three-day event that I was holding afterwards. And that three-day event was literally me being on stage for three days. It was supported by my wife and my son. So I had nobody externally to help me. I'd had no coaches who were saying, this is what you need to do then. And this is how like, you construct the whole thing. I was doing it all on my own. And we did over $30,000 worth of sales. Beautiful. Yeah. Right? Beautiful. So that's how you can use Summit to grow your list and to grow your revenue. You know, as you were talking about this, I was thinking if I had a nickel for every so-called marketing expert who has said in the last months, year that summits are dead summits are last year's news you know i i hear that and i smile because uh we started our email marketing company back in 2001 most people hadn't heard or implemented email marketing at that time but but by about 2002 is when we began to hear the refrains email marketing is dead and we've heard it every year since then and uh, what we always said is is no Email marketing is not dead. Bad email marketers are killing their email marketing. They're using old lists. They're getting on, you know, and so forth. So what you're describing, I think, is real and valuable and important. And I wanted to just make sure for those out there who have heard or read that summits are dead, You've heard us describe the difference between doing summits well and doing summits not so well. It's really easy to point at summits that were put on with, without the right strategy, 
without the right tools and to just say, oh, there, there's another example of summits not working. Yeah. What Steve is talking about is what happens when you put on a summit properly or you participate in someone else's summit that's run properly. And the benefits are real. So I wanted to close with that point and encourage people as a, as a result, go find Steve, which leads me to ask Steve, where can they find you? And what, uh, what can you offer if they make their way to your website or wherever you're going to ask them to go? So I'll, uh, I'll give you a link from that you can put on your website. And it's a virtual event checklist. If you want to do a virtual event of any kind, if it's a summit or, or something else, it's a checklist that says, here are things you should consider. Now, you might want to look at it and go, no, I don't want that particular thing. Or yes, I want to do that. But, you know, they're very um, down-to-earth advice. Should you send out reminder emails? How often should you be sending them out? Should you give swipe copy? What should that swipe copy include? You know, I, I used to run a, a directory. We had a full of advertising. So many times we got advertisers giving us an ad and there was no phone number. There was no email address. <laughs> Didn't know how to contact them, you know. So it's like everybody can forget things or not think about things if they're not used to. And this checklist is really there to say, like, think about these things yeah. and make a decision. So it's really helpful from that respect. So yes, terrific. Well, well, can you? Is the link short enough that you can tell us what the link is, and then we'll add it to the show notes, or is it one of those long links that? It's one of those long links. Fair <laughs> Actually, enough. Actually, if we do it this way, um, if you go to eventruptor.com slash story power marketing, eventruptor.com slash story power marketing. Beautiful. And so I know what you're doing after this interview. You're going to go set up a redirect on your on your <laughs> website to send eventraptor.com slash story power marketing to that long address wherever your checklist is. And eventraptor.com, of course, is the primary website for the platform. If you want to get on the directory as a prospective event uh, summit speaker, that's where you'll find it. And, uh, and they can find you also on social media, right, Steve? Absolutely. Just uh, look up, uh, out for Eventraptor and for Steve Erickson. Beautiful. Beautiful. Steve, it's been a great, great pleasure having you on the show today. Really valuable insights. I'm going to listen to this one again, take notes, uh, because I learned something, uh, several things today, and I really value your input. I value what you're doing. And as I've told you uh, before, uh, I'm I'm going to get that summit organized and I'm going to be using Event Raptor when I do it. I'm glad to hear that, Tom. It's been a pleasure being here with you. Thank you. listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich 
and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. <laughs>